Hello and welcome to an extra special episode of the Point 99 podcast. Today's episode is the first of a two-part session I'll be putting out with my guest today, Rachel Spears, better known as Rach Ran a Marathon, as we cover the hype, training and expectations on the run-up to the Amsterdam Marathon. This episode, of course, has released with only two days left before we're both anxiously awaiting the sound of the starting gun, putting months of hard graft into action. Before we get into any of that, however, let's run the intro and cover the happenings from the greater running community since the last episode. The Point 99 podcast is a running podcast made by runners for runners. If you're new to running, we hope to have topics and discussions that will help you along whatever path your journey is taking. Or for any seasoned runners, maybe some stories that will have you empathising with our experiences. Whether it's lessons we've learned during our own journeys, embarrassing stories or heartstring pulling moments. We hope you'll stick with us while we try to share some good vibes, motivation and positivity and hopefully we can have a laugh along the way. News from the greater running community. Firstly, I want to congratulate our previous guest and primo podcast host extraordinaire Ryan Miller, host of the Press Play and Run podcast on hosting what looked like an extremely successful run retreat. As a regular listener and fan of Ryan's, I can tell you he's been working really hard on making sure it was the best day it could possibly be. And it looks like it was a massive success. From the massive content that's been coming from those that were in attendance, it seems to have gone down a treat. It's actually been quite hard to keep track of all the positivity. I'm personally also looking forward to hearing the live recording that took place at the retreat for the Press Play and Run podcast. Of course, there was a purpose behind the Run Retreat more than just bringing the awesome running community together, as Ryan is so great at doing, but it was also a bit of a fundraiser for Ryan's London Marathon journey. Like always, I'm going to recommend that you check Ryan out if you don't already at Scottish underscore runner and the Press Play and Run podcast and support his fundraising in any way that you can. Event wise, there was, of course, the Chicago Marathon taking place on Sunday and we had a couple of previous guests taking part. Hannah Gifford and Steve Day, both of season one fame, were both in attendance. Hannah was in fact our episode six guest and on the number six she joined the elite club of six star finishers as she cruised to the finish line smiling from ear to ear and radiating positivity as she always does. Steve was our episode 10 finale guest of season one and he smashed out a personal best Although from checking out his feed, he might not have initially been super happy with the personal best. It wasn't his target, but now that he's had time to let it all sink in, I'm sure he'll be ecstatic. There were, of course, a number of the wider community and podcast listeners taking part. As my feed regularly moves at a rate of knots and my memory is like a sieve, I can't recall any names, but if you were running at Chicago, a massive congratulations to you. You're all superstar finishers and hopefully I've dropped into your comments to let you know that. But either way, massive congratulations. Myself, while I was meeting up with another previous guest to the show, Season 2's king of the run streak, Patrick Watkins, as he took a little flight over from the US of A to the UK for our little holiday, meeting up with a good number of Instagram lovelies while he was at it. So it was off to Edinburgh after the episode dropped last Friday to socialise, relax and run with this absolute gent of a guy. 
it was actually a bit of a star-studded point ninety-nine podcast evening on the Friday, starting off with a couple of drinks with yet another previous guest, Mike Houston, with a future guest, Chris Evans, Patrick, and my lovely wife, before we headed to a planned meal with many of the Dibbers, or as has now been released, the newly formed cult running community. Gies did an amazing job organising a gathering of all the beautiful faces, Nick McGowan-Lowe, Elodie the pocket-sized Parisian, Positive Lassie Karen, Rachel McPherson and Gary Dempsey. Not to forget the aforementioned drink sharers, unfortunately, minus Mike as he had to take off. Later in the evening, Uncle Lee did manage to also join us. As always, it is a massive pleasure whenever that happens. But it did lead us nicely into a planned park run, which was on the following morning. Unfortunately, due to the torrential downpour that bombarded Scotland over the weekend, including Edinburgh on Friday night and Saturday morning, the Edinburgh Park Run at Cramond was cancelled, which resulted in a very last minute rush around to find a suitable alternative. Luckily, the Holyrood Park Run remained a goer and in fact was closer to the vast majority of those who were joining us for the morning run. For myself, that was my last sort of long run before Amsterdam. So I set off with a five kilometre run to the event, collecting Patrick and Chris along the way. Then was followed up with the five kilometre park run and then I'd had a five kilometre run back. So a nice 15 kilometre, in effect 17 kilometre to tick me over. And that was my last longer run of the taper leading down to Amsterdam. When the chat about a parkrun weekend originally came up when we knew that Patrick was going to be in attendance in Edinburgh, I had looked at the variety of courses available, Cramond, uh, Portobello, Holyrood, and Holyrood has a bit of an odd gradient map. It's maybe not the best, so we settled on a nice flat one, especially given that it was going to be Patrick's first parkrun. In reality, however... Holyrood isn't as unpleasant as you might think for a Saturday morning run. Both myself and Patrick absolutely loved it. We just took it easy, had a nice chatty run as we went around. And then the gentleman that he is, he let me finish ahead of him as we cruised home in 88th and 89th. But neither of us were out of breath. As I say, a nice chatty, relaxed run. As Parkrun usually has, there was a nice opportunity to touch base with a few of the other runners. There were some Baxters marathon finishers in attendance. I could tell because I could see their t-shirts from a mile away. So I, I got a nice little chat with them, found out what they thought about Baxters, their experience, and just generally chilled as we waited for everyone else to finish before we headed off for a bit of sustenance and a coffee to warm up because it was pretty frigid, especially seeing as it was a continual downpour of rain. Personally, with 5k left to run, I couldn't partake myself. So after a little bit of chat with the guys and girls, I made my excuses. I cleaned up whatever water I could that I'd dripped all over the floor. It really did look like I'd had an unfortunate accident but thankfully it was an easy clean surface so myself and Patrick headed off we got a photo together and said our goodbyes and honestly he is the nicest guy it was fantastic to be able to get it all to work to meet him and also joining for a social run part of his run streak but yeah I headed back to my hotel to warm up and then head back up the road because it was getting worse than you and weather forecasts weren't great. Rail lines were getting flooded and closed off. And my fear was that the road would too. So we left a little bit earlier than planned. I would have liked to have got a little bit more in the way of mileage and time with Patrick. But it was a fantastic weekend all the same. And, and kind of one that I'll look back fondly upon. 
Before I forget though, and with Gary Dempsey being mentioned, what a performance he knocked out during the Glasgow to Edinburgh Ultra. Gary underscore runs underscore for anyone who doesn't follow this warrior of an athlete was taking part in the ultra in those absolutely foul weather conditions. And with documented chat from previous podcast guests on how hard the Glasgow to Edinburgh ultra is, even without the massive amount of rain that was falling from the sky, it's amazing how he smashed the event in the kind of time that he did. My understanding is that there were a good number of participants who didn't make the full distance of the ultra. So bravo to Gary for seeing it through and smashing it, even though he had himself a little bit of stomach bother. He continued, he got there. And yeah, as I say, massive congratulations, mate. You are an absolute warrior. The usual apologies if I missed any of your events or that you were participating in any of the events that I have mentioned. You know what to do at this point. Let me know. I will make some apologies. On to my guest for today and the event that has been building for some time. The Amsterdam Marathon. It is in fact down to the Amsterdam Marathon that I first connected with my guest, seeing that she was also heading over as well. So I'm delighted to be joined by the amazing young superstar herself today. Rachel Spears, or Rachel, ran a marathon as she's better known as, of course, is my guest for today, albeit the recording was done a couple of weeks ago ahead of her great Scottish run. Rachel has shown great consistency during her training on the run-up to Amsterdam, documenting her journey as she's progressed along the path to what I believe will be a mega personal best. It's not been an entirely trouble-free training session for her, unfortunately, as recently she picked up a slight calf niggle, but I have faith that come race day, she'll knock it out of the park. But it doesn't stop there as Rachel will also be joining me in episode three as we find out how the event unfolded, her thoughts, experience and feelings from the race day. But before I get ahead of myself, let's find out a little bit more about the lady herself, how training's been going and what her hopes are going into this mega marathon event. Fresh from her appearance as the episode two guest on the Girls Run podcast, my guest today is once again occupying the second episode slot, seeing a continuation as she returns as my episode three guest as well. But unlike the iconic and dramatic thuds of an EastEnders ending, or more appropriately, a River City one, no cliffhangers here. It will instead be a triumphant return and digest of her next big goal, a goal that we share the Amsterdam Marathon. But before we recant the glory of a race not yet run, let's first learn a little bit the last herself, how she came to set her sights on Amsterdam, and more importantly, how training has been going. So I hope you'll do as you always do and help welcome the ambassadorial jog leader, Wonder Woman herself, Rachel Spears, otherwise known as Rach Ran a Marathon. How's it going, Rachel? I'm good, Steve. How are you? I'm grand. <laughs> I, that was that was a bit of a bit of a mouthful reading that out, but I'm glad to get that done in a water. That was a great introduction. I had a smile <laughs> on my face the whole way through. <laughs> every time I've read one, everyone says they enjoy it. I hope they do, but I've learned I've learned how to do it from Rob. What the fart looks, Rob. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad if it's <laughs> if it's put a smile on your face. Have you had a, a busy week? Yeah, I had quite a busy week. I've got the Great Scottish Run on Sunday, and I'm part of Team Ailish for that. So. A lot of content being made and filming being done. So all getting ready for that. That'll be good fun. Fingers crossed the weather stays good and the storm stays away. Yeah, fingers crossed. But if the wind is there, I just hope it's behind me, pushing <laughs> me. The finish line is not <laughs> against me. <laughs> well, Glasgow's not normally too notorious for having the winds change direction every time you turn that you turn yourself. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I 
interviewed uh, episode six guest earlier this week, uh, and they're also running at the the Great Scottish Run, and that's what they said. If it's gonna if it's gonna town poor, you're gonna get covered. You're absolutely gonna get the, mm-hmm. get uh, soaked. But fingers crossed, it's nice, especially going over the Kingston Bridge. Yeah, I think if it if it's gonna be windy across the Kingston Bridge, it's yeah, it's gonna be, be running sideways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Either way, it's if there is wind, blows you up that first hill. Yep, that's all I care about. That first hill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I, I listened to Alex's episode on um, Alex being the host of the Girls Run podcast. Uh, and I had it in my head to give you a shout anyway to get you on because we had, we are sharing the goal of Amsterdam. But then having ha- having heard the podcast as well, it kind of gave me that extra extra mm-hmm. reminder to to reach out to you. So I'm glad you um you came along. You we weren't you weren't scared off because um, yeah. it was a great episode you had with Alex. I, I actually loved I loved listening to everything that you've been going on and how you started with uh, running uh, and well I suppose with your jog leadering and and boss ambas- tongue twister <laughs> ambassadorial stuff as well. Um, but for anyone that hasn't listened to that episode, can you share a little bit about your background with running? How you got started? Yeah, sure. Um, so I started about three years ago doing Couch to 5K with my flatmate. I was never a runner before. If you ask any family members or friends, they tried to get me out running and it was just not for me. Um, but started to go out three years ago just to get a bit more fitness and get outside during lockdown. Um, so we started Couch to 5K, which I really enjoyed. Once I realised that you were allowed to walk, I really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, kind of built it up to a 5k and then then did my first 10k just kind of unofficial, just round my area, and then set my sights on my first half, which was maybe six months later. Um, didn't really have a proper training plan, just kind of went with it, and then decided to sign up for the Edinburgh Marathon, which was my first one. And once I finished that, I totally caught the running bug and have continued ever since. So definitely not a fast runner but i enjoy running it's very not much. about that's uh, running's for everyone it's not about yeah. speed you go at your own speed i was thinking to myself earlier the kind of quote to myself is kipchoge runs at kipchoge speeds you do your own kipchoge you are your own kipchoge so yeah. no that's you were at edinburgh uh, the for my first edinburgh i think as well i think we shared that as our as our first marathon that would be last year Yes, 2022. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. So that was a bit of a killer uh, event, that one. Too hot. Um, Did you enjoy it? Yes, I did. I really enjoyed it. Um, Hadn't really ran in Edinburgh much before, so it was nice to get a bit of a a change of scene. Um, The crowds were amazing. Mm. I think because I'd been running mostly in lockdown, I'd never done many official races, so I wasn't used to a crowd of that size. Um, but yeah, really enjoyed it. Maybe go back one day and do it again. <laughs> um, uh, yes, it's good to go back. I went back this year with slightly different expectations, and it's, it's, again, it was the same. The crowds were were amazing in the places that you expected to see them after you've run it once. Um, there are a lot of spots, as you know, that are quite quiet though. So um, yeah, I think that's. I've always, whenever people are like, oh. We're, do you recommend the Edinburgh Marathon? I think it's those bits that get tough, like mile 19, it's where there's mm-hmm. no bits because it's a bit rural. So I think that those bits are definitely the toughest bits. But yeah. Before we, start, uh, we started recording, myself and Rachel had a chat about the Baxter's Marathon, the Loch Ness Marathon. And that is something to know. If you ever look at it, Rachel, is there are very, very few areas of any support because you are so rural yeah, you get maybe a couple of little towns. So if you if you are lacking that extra boost, it's it's a fast course in its geography and it's and it's um it's oh I've forgotten the word. I'm so tired at the moment. I apologize. <laughs> um, the um gradients, sorry, the gradient mapping. Yeah. It's very fast for that. But when it comes to having a, a cloud, you only get that when you get into Inverness. So it, unfortunately, when you get to mile nineteen, it's a hill you hit. You don't yeah. hit a crowd, so you don't get that extra boost that you do with some large marathons. I hear like London, you just get cheered around the whole way and it doesn't yeah. feel like you're running a marathon. And I hear the same for Amsterdam, but we'll get on to that. Yes. But you obviously caught the bug and did Manchester as well. 
yes, did Manchester in April. So I'm currently 24 and I set the target for myself of 10 marathons before I'm 30. So I'm now doing about two a year, which for previous for old Rachel, that was just never like achievable. So trying to pr- prove her wrong um, by doing more and more. But yeah, Manchester was absolutely amazing. S- kind of similar to Edinburgh where there was bits with little crowds, but still big crowds, like majority of the way around. You're making me feel old here, Rach. <laughs> <laughs> would you would you say then with two marathons a year being the goal, are you interested in trying to hit different marathons in, in, in these? Yeah, or? I, yeah. I think for the, I mean, I'll probably go above 10, but I think for my first 10, I want to try and do different ones, mm-hmm. try and travel the world and get more under my belt, definitely. See as many sites as possible. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did see that the Boston time for this, I think it was the Boston time for this year has been upped quite significantly, the qualifying time. So there's always an in there as well now. Yeah, I think it was like five minutes there to it. Yeah. Spy or something, which, yeah, maybe yeah, one day. Yeah. Maybe one day. Yeah, I did think that. It's, it's just, this is travel. It's the traveling expense. I would love to apply. I just would never be able to afford to go over. Yeah, definitely. I think it's. Something that would take years of saving to do. <laughs> <laughs> On to Amsterdam, though. How's training been going so far? It's been going great. This is the best training block for a marathon that I've ever kind of had. I've not missed a run yet, which we're on to kind of the middle of week 14, mm-hmm. um, 16, and I've not missed a run yet, which when training for Edinburgh and Manchester, I'd lost motivation, didn't want to train, so I missed a lot of runs which meant when I turned up to those start lines, I knew that I wasn't 100% ready. Um, but at, for Amsterdam, I've completed majority of my runs so far. Um, and I'm feeling the most ready that I feel I could ever be. So, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> 16 weeks is a tough plan as well. So this is the first time I'm doing a 16-week plan. I usually do 12 weeks or for, the last, for my first three marathons, I did 12 weeks. And that's so condensed and hard. But I'm just finding it. I'm so tired all the time with 16 weeks so far or 14 weeks so far. So I know you, I know how you, you feel. It's, 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 it's yeah. a, well, especially for your first two, if you did 16 week plans, then I'm, yeah. I'm kind of a you from those. Yeah. Well, I'm a bit of the opposite for Edinburgh and Manchester. I actually did 20 weeks. Wow. Yeah. I think for Edinburgh, I knew because I'd never done one before and I was just like, I want to give myself as long as possible. But looking back, I think it just drained me too quickly. Um, got to like maybe around the six, 15, 16 week mark for Edinburgh and Manchester and was just very, ta- like very drained. Didn't have, that's probably why I didn't do a lot of my runs because I was so drained. Yeah. I actually got injured for Manchester like six weeks out. So yeah, we've definitely decreased it to 16 weeks and then maybe for the next one, maybe 12, we'll see how we, I think now I have that kind of baseline fitness. We maybe don't need the full 16 weeks. no exactly you're marathon you're ready it's just it's just homing those those last little bits yeah how definitely. are the final weeks looking um plan wise you've got are you are you set on your taper or have you, you still got some tasty uh run still to go yeah so i did my longest long run last sunday that was 32 kilometers which was quite mind-numbing i ran along the canal um from like kind of glasgow west end out a bit and it was yeah I think running that distance by yourself and not really coming into contact with anyone else is very difficult but I remember someone messaged me on Instagram and was like if you can run along that canal with no one you'll run along the Amsterdam canals with crowds just yeah. amazing so I yeah. think that thoughts I'm like okay I'm ready but yeah for the next two well yeah two weeks I've got great Scottish run which I'm doing the half marathon for on Sunday and then next week tapering down we've got very kind of six kilometer, nine kilometer, and then my long runs ten kilometers. So, so definitely yeah. tapering down, which I'm very welcoming right now. <laughs> <laughs> it almost feel it almost will feel like it's not a marathon training block at that point. Yeah, seeing that ten kilometers, it's like finally knowing that <laughs> that short, like kind of shortish long run, means we're almost there, which is exciting. Have you have you been using a coaching app or is it like a, a plan that you've you've had? Um, I've been using Runner this time, mm-hmm. um, which I found Edinburgh and Manchester. I made my own plan up, but I decided that kind of wanted to go for a bit of a time goal this time. So 
um, got runner, which has been really good. The different types of runs like have been good. I when doing Edinburgh and Manchester, I just kind of went out easy runs all the time, which mm. is enjoyable. But if you're wanting to push yourself on the marathon day, it's maybe not the best for um trying to improve. So yeah, they've been good. If you've seen my Instagram, the interval and tempo sessions just I don't agree. I really don't. I think I just don't like pushing myself. I just like being a bit in my own zone and enjoying it. So the tempo and intervals definitely push me. But I've now seen 10k PBs and 5k PBs throughout these 16 weeks and then potentially a half marathon PB on Sunday. So they've definitely been helping, but at the time I oh yeah, they're not my best friends. I think there was a post this week, wasn't there? You you weren't looking forward to your your tempo. I think it was the sick sick face emoji coming up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a ten kilometers of interval sessions on Wednesday, and it was the storm was here on um, oh, yeah. in Glasgow. So I decided to go into the gym and do it on the treadmill, but I decided to just just go a bit of a faster, easy run because I was like the the gym had no aircon, and I was like. I'm going to end up stopping it early. So I'll just get the distance in and we'll just forget about the intervals for this week. You've enjoyed, you've enjoyed runner though. It's, it, you, you found it very helpful. Um, I think yeah. that's a lot of people have said that though. I think Brian, Brian uses, no, he uses Cooper, doesn't he? Cooper, um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah no, it's I good. think they're all very, very similar though in the way that they um, work it's good when they with the intervals and tempo sessions they're kind of in your earphones like you're going too fast you're going too slow which I kind of need that pitch um, sometimes I don't want it but definitely need it sometimes I quite like it when they're saying I'm going too fast because then I feel like superwoman but <laughs> especially if you're going you're going fast and it feels comfortable yes oh def- that is the best feeling because you yeah. know that your fitness is improving that this speed a few weeks ago probably felt a lot harder have you got to that point yet where you've you're you're giving everyone a wide berth because you've got the the fear of all these bugs going around because we're getting closer to winter and especially with the with covid being on the rise as well are you worried that you're going to pick anything up touch wood uh, here because I'm the same <laughs> touch wood we won't but are you giving everyone a wide berth on the run up to Amsterdam now once well at least once uh, great scottish runs out the way yeah, I think I'm very a homebird anyway. I don't go out much. <laughs> so, but yeah, definitely make it. I feel like it's that like maranoia the few mm. weeks before. It's like anyone coughs near me, and I'm like, no, no. And I think it's because I was injured before Manchester. Any slight pain now, I'm like, oh dear. So I've got a slight pain in my right calf, but I think it's just it just needs a bit of stretching. It's definitely not worryingly painful. So, but yeah, it's any small like sniffle or cough it's please just stay away for two more weeks i know i i, I hit the cold and flu powders myself um I, I didn't feel great but i've not got anything but i still went to them just in case um are you gonna with with having a little bit of tightness in the calf are you gonna get yourself a massage beforehand as well before you head out yeah i'm thinking maybe one after the half marathon on sunday yeah thank then we'll be officially on the taper on the um downward slope so well um, i suppose I, after after you have a massage as well you, you'll you'll be a little bit bruised so you won't it'll be nice to have those short distances to work with while you're still yeah. still feeling a little bit a little bit sore yeah definitely i think massage is definitely in order <laughs> <laughs> and then when it comes to amsterdam heading over you're am i right in thinking you're heading over the same day as me on know, of all the dates friday the 13th I'm actually not. He- I'm heading on Saturday. You're going on. A- I've taken far too many holidays this year with my work, so we're very slim on the holidays. So I'm flying our flights at six a.m. So right. So you're going to make the expo in plenty of time. Yes. No, I've made sure. Um, my mum and brother they're heading over on the Friday. Um, so if anything does go wrong, <laughs> they'll be there. Yes. Um, but yeah, me and my boyfriend we're heading over Saturday morning, so we get there eight a.m. and we'll probably go straight to the expo from there. We were looking at Metro. Myself and my wife were looking at all the travel stuff. We've got friends in in Netherlands anyway, but it is quite handy to have the the Metro line run straight from the airport to pretty much the 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 stadium uh, to the expo. 
it's not too far away. So it will be beneficial. This is going to be my my first expo experience. I don't know if Manchester has one, but it's going to be my first proper huge expo. So I'm I'm interested to see how I'm going to feel walking into that door. Yeah, I'm well, I'm exactly the same. I was going to say that this will be my first expo as well. Um, I've been having a little bit of the, they've had the expo map. They've got them on their website, so I've been having a bit of a look. But yeah, I think it's quite daunting. <laughs> we're quite busy. I think everyone will probably be scared they're going to catch something from them. <laughs> yeah, the number of people uh, just because of being a platinum a platinum level marathon as well. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, everyone, given given wide berth. Are you staying close to the start and finish uh, line, though? Um, or are you quite a, quite a distance out? You're not sure? Very honest. I actually can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, booked, I think we're quite near the centre, just because after I wanted to be closer to there, just to explore. Mm. We're coming home Monday night, so just for the Monday. So I'm, I'm usually a very organised person, but for this, I really haven't done... I know definitely got a hotel booked. I know that. So I'm not worrying too much, but I think it's relative. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I, I know how the Dutch uh, hotel system works and you can pay up front, but they, they quite often, they don't take the money. And I had this mm. fear the last couple of weeks of we've booked a hotel. I know we've booked a hotel, but they haven't taken the money. What happens if I get there and the hotel room's not there? And it hasn't been so. Yeah, uh, I, I was double checking, triple checking um, everything to make sure. I'm not worried about the marathon at all. It's everything around it. Um, yeah, I think that's because this will be my first abroad marathon, and I think there's like that extra stress because when doing Edinburgh, and my boyfriend lived in Manchester, so it was just kind of the matter of getting the train down a few days mm-hmm. before staying with him. So there's a bit more logistics involved in this. Um, which hopefully won't add too much more stress on, but yeah. That was going to be one of my questions. So, is who's going over to support you? You mentioned your boyfriend on um, the Girls Run Pod, uh, Girls Run Club podcast, but yeah. your and your mum actually being a, a decorated runner in the past herself. Yes, uh, so, so you'll have my, plenty of support. Yeah, my mum and brother are also coming over. Um, which it was meant to be just me and my boyfriend, but my mum definitely wanted to come. She came from my first marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, and she we haven't been on holiday together in a while so it'll be nice to, for her to come over spend some time with her and for her to support she's one of my biggest supporters so I'm really happy that she's going to be there you have the safety net of having one of your parents there as well so um yes. I, I I'm what 37 this year I'm actually 37 the day before the marathon <laughs> uh and I'm still thinking oh, it would be great to have my parents there just to have that safety net of having mum and dad <laughs> yeah I think it's like even the like the night before or she'll just like calm anywhere like no, having mum there I'll just be like she'll just calm me down I'm like oh yeah. what if we don't do this and what if this happens so yeah it'll be nice when it comes to the marathon itself and we hear the gun go off what's the plan of attack so I'm aiming for a PB um at this one I'm aiming for four and a half, which will be a 15 minute PB for Manchester. Um, my Garmin is currently telling me I can do it in 4.11, which I think is very optimistic of it. Um, but we're aiming for 4.30, so. That's spooky, Rach, because 4, 4.11 is my target. Oh, no way. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> my target. Um, I'm a, I am I got a PB last year, this time last year at Baxter's of... Um, 424 wearing a kilt Um, and my training didn't go anywhere nearly as comfortably as this has gone Um, the app that I use is Run Kaizen and it's saying I'm fit for a 425 but I know I'm I'm fitter than than what it's saying Um, it's just because it does it it bases its time off of hitting distance goals uh, and right. some of the, some of the times you just don't feel like hitting that distance goal. So I feel I feel quite comfortable for for a four eleven. So um, yeah, push yourself yeah. if you could push that final. So you might get a four eleven as well. That'd be a massive <laughs> massive smasher. Yeah, that would be a half an hour PB, which I think is definitely possible. I think it's just down to the day. I remember doing the Manchester one, and I could see myself on the tracker app, and I'd injured my knee kind of five weeks out, so I hadn't finished 
my training. But the first, I want to say 14, 15 miles, it was estimating me to finish in four hours 20. Um, mm. But then my knee just gave way. So now I know that I'm fully recovered, don't have touch wood, any pains. Um, yeah, 4.30, I'm probably giving myself a bit of leeway there. Like, yeah. I think that'll pro- I'll probably be before that. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Because when I did Edinburgh, I did that in 4.55. Mm. Um, so definitely increased in speed a huge amount. Um so yeah, we'll see on the day. Edinburgh's really tough on that return leg. I, even though it's very flat, and we'll have the same again with 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 Amsterdam. I found Edinburgh very tough the first time, being the first marathon. Because yes, you get that nice relaxed downhill past Portobello, mm-hmm. but when you turn, and I think this year as well, I was pacing, um, one of the girls, Elodie, and it's just that little return. You've got so many of those little incremental rises. It just it burns you out and. Yeah, not not a big fan of, of that return. I'm just hoping uh, that, that Amsterdam is nice and flat. And if it if it is as flat as the as the gradient maps look, no, you'll be you'll be grand and um we'll we'll be we'll hopefully both be PBing um quite significantly. But I mean you're yeah. right, it depends on the day, it depends on a a number of things. But you did say to Alex as well, it was really good. You you, you were talking about how even your nutrition and, and hydration has felt a lot more comfortable this time round. Yeah, oh, definitely. I think knowing that maybe for Edinburgh, I didn't know how much you should be eating. Like you're training for a marathon, your your body needs fuel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've really understood that this time round. So trying to get like the protein in and make sure the carbs are there for your long runs. And yeah, definitely nutrition. I'm so bad at drinking water. <laughs> So kind of just remind myself of now it's kind of two weeks to go. I've started like popping some like electrolytes in my water just to mm. um up that. I did that maybe two weeks before Manchester, like every day. And on the day I felt really hydrated. I felt like I didn't need much water on the run. Um, mm. So doing that again this year as well. That's a good shout. Um, I think I do it once a day. I take I take science and sport hydration once a yeah. day when when I remember. Same yeah. as you, I don't drink nearly enough as I should. <laughs> yes, I just find water a bit boring. So I'm the same. I use the science and sport ones as well. So they just add a little bit of something to the water, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was it was very interesting as well. It, the, I've, I've spoken to a few people about it fairly recently. Um, another thing you mentioned to Alex was about um, with nutrition, how body image affects um, mm-hmm. how much you're eating. And and you you kind of you look at yourself or or you feel people might be looking at you going you don't look like a runner but then when it comes to marathon season you almost it's like going into hibernation the, the few weeks before the marathon you are trying to put on a little bit you do get a little bit bloated and by the time you finished it's all it's all disappeared because you've just you've just put your body through an absolute mm-hmm. battle yeah definitely I think it's probably like from years and years of like people thinking that runners are just like skinny legged and yeah. things like that but like I remember trying to like maybe shrink myself down to look like them but it's like you don't have any energy to run like I'm a much better runner now that I'm like I guess average size yeah exactly <laughs> I guess there's yeah. no average size but like you don't you know what I'm trying to get at like feeling myself I'm a much better runner now like I'm going much faster speeds than I ever was when I was smaller so yeah are you prepared for the potential of Amsterdam, however, being like it was last year. Now, I, 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 I was there this time. I was there at the same time last year, but I flew away the day before the marathon. It was a horrible, nasty day beforehand. But my brother ran it, and he said it was like Edinburgh. It was scorching. So, are you with hydration and nutrition still in mind? Do you run with a hydra? Are you planning to run with a hydration vest, or do you run with hydration vest, or is it going to be? grab the bottles uh, and and go again this is another part and if we go back to your your girls run club pod episode again because you were talking about grabbing a bottle and almost downing it all in once and then yeah. you feel like you have to stop all the time yeah I think I'm, I've still to make my mind up I ran Edinburgh with nothing mm-hmm. which I think I was a starter runner didn't really know what I was meant to be doing Manchester I ran with 
a hydration vest that had like the water in the back. Um, but that was because I'd stopped my training because I'd hurt, injured my knee. Yeah. I had done a long run with that on and I took it off and it actually like cut my like under my arms and like my chest a bit just because it was rubbing so much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I then wore that in a few more long runs this training session and it's done the same. It's like cut me. Um, so I went out the 32 kilometer run. I have like a belt like an Under Armour belt, um, and put a few gels and sweets in there. So I think we're going to go to Amsterdam with them. I'll take both with me on like to Amsterdam, um, but I think it's going to be the belt I go for and pick up water on the way. And Percy will be coming with you, won't he? Oh, yeah, Percy will be. <laughs> Although I have recently just picked up the little alternative, which is Henry the Hippo and... Ah. He's he's almost matching, so we're still deciding if it's Percy or Henry. Oh, you're <laughs> collecting the animals to take yeah. with you. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of sweets in in the snack drawer right now, so full of full of jelly sweets. Oh, it's that'll uh, be good. I mean, it's it's adv- it's it's a it's a good shout taking it and not needing it than not taking it and then going oh. I wish yeah. I'd taken it and then having to potentially fork out for something at the expo that you could yeah. have taken with you. I'm I'm in the same mind with, I want to take the kilt. I want to wear it to the expo, but I know if I take it, I'll feel I have to wear it for the marathon. And I know I could probably PB in it, but then I know I could PB better with it without it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cause the kilt will be quite heavy. <laughs> Um, it's not too bad. It's it's a it's a it's a lightweight running kilt I've got. Okay, okay. Uh, utility kilt they call it as well. Uh, it's got pockets on the outside, so it's great for holding gels. You don't have to have the the belt on. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. I had a belt for Edinburgh the first time round. I used all my gels, and the belt was annoying, so I just threw it in the bin as 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 before we hit the turning point. Um, so I've not I've not tried it against again since, but uh, no, it'd be quite handy to have something. I don't normally I run with shorts i've got a zipper a little pocket on the back and they're there it's good enough to hold a couple of boom uh, energy bars so i'm probably just wear those um but i don't know i'll take gels as well but how i carry them is yeah it's and might take the hydration vest and just not put water in it yeah because i think that's filling it with waters like i did my 30 kilometers with it and it's just quite heavy on your back mm. By the time you get to like the last half of the water, it's all warm and it's just not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not refreshing, is it? It's, uh, no. Mm-hmm. no, it's like water that's been warmed up by your back sweat, which is lovely. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but after after Amsterdam, you're back same. Uh, you're back on the Monday as well. Yep. I'm guessing if you if you've used all your holidays, it's <laughs> it's back as soon as you can you can. Um, yeah. So episode wise. Um, you're coming back to speak to me to find out how how you got on. Um, So that'll be the first time I've had, although I've had returning guests and I will have returning guests this season, it'll be quite good to have a back-to-back feature. It'll be good, good, like, for me to even listen back, like, in a few months as well. Like, if I'm ever, like, not feeling motivated, I can listen back to the one after after Amsterdam and... Mm. Yeah, I can. It will be very fresh um, from the post marathon, which will be good. Fingers crossed. It's all positive, though, yes. and you don't come back on. You're like, I don't want to talk to you. No, I'm not. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Fingers crossed. It smiles and PVs and yeah. With the 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 route, how are you feeling with the route as well? Um, actual marathon chat. Are you feeling comfortable? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty comfortable. I had a look at it the other night. Um, obviously, quite flat um, gradient, which will be nice. Um, a lot of it's running along canals, which a lot of my training has been along the canals here. Um, mm. So I'm kind of used to that now, which will be good. And again, nice to run. I've been to Amsterdam once, but only for a day last year. So it'll be good to see because it goes quite of like kind of greater amsterdam if that makes yeah sense. it is yeah yeah so it'll be good to see different parts that you probably wouldn't see if you were just kind of going for a bit of a tourist holiday um yeah yeah that is actually a point because my 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 main profession is the reason the hotel i'm staying in is because 
I picked it because of the way it looked. Um, mm-hmm. it, it is a really nice hotel by the looks of it, but it's it's very architecturally pleasing. It's one of the, the more known um, modern buildings in, in, in Amsterdam. But we run past it about four times before we even hit 11 kilometers. Oh, wow. Um, and the whole area is, you're right, it's, unless, you're, unless you've got an interest in like Olympic parks or uh, architecture specifically, that whole area or conventions, that whole area is is maybe not so touristy as the main centre of Amsterdam. So it'd be really good to see something different. Yeah, and I think starting and finishing in the Olympic Stadium will be incredible as well. You'll yeah. feel like a, an Olympic athlete. I, I did see you probably had the same you had the same email though. It's that it's so sold out that we're not all starting in the in yeah. the stadium, unfortunately. Yeah, I did see that. So I feel like even being around it will just that we'll, we'll finish in it. We'll finish in yeah, it. We'll finish there. So <laughs> <laughs> no, fingers crossed everything goes well. Um ideally, uh I will I'll say I'll, I'll say ideally. Fingers crossed that your flights all go go to plan first thing in the morning. There shouldn't be any added delays or or extras. Yes, um, fingers crossed. I'm I'm usually oh, I was going to say I'm usually quite lucky with travel, but I feel like, <laughs> what a jinx that now. So I'm touching every single bit of wood in here. Is it the orange and white airline you're flying with? No, it is. Is, uh, it, the, is it Royal Royal KLM? Royal KLM. So good, good. I've also booked extra leg room on the way home and the way there. So I feel like I'll need to stretch my legs. I've splashed out on the extra leg room. <laughs> I'll give you a tip on with KLM is if if you ever go anywhere on your birthday, fly with KLM because they give you a gift. <gasps> oh, I got a gift on my birthday on last year. Yeah. <laughs> I'll need to go on my birthday next year. Just anywhere they fly, I'll go. A little bottle of wine, a, po- a, a postcard signed from the crew, a few other bits and pieces. But no, it was it, that's a top tip for you. Nice, yeah. They're usually quite reliable. So we were going to go with the orange and white airline, but I feel a bit more. Yeah, yeah. Given given the the, the amount of um, cancellations they've had recently, I didn't feel comfortable. And we're flying from Inverness. You can't actually fly with um, with them anyway. You have to fly with KLM. But uh, KLM changed our flight time, so we don't get in uh, to Amsterdam until quite late on on Friday, and we don't leave until really late on Monday. Uh, yeah, so think, we do maximise our time, I suppose. Yeah, we. I leave on the f- Monday very late as well. I think it might even be like 10 p.m. or something. So mm-hmm. probably similar times. We're the same. So uh, yeah, it, it probably will be the same gate as well. It'll be like yeah. partner gates. Yeah, well, see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. If I don't see you at the at the expo or yeah. during the marathon, I'll probably see you at the airport on the way back. Yeah, hopefully it'll be all smiles and happiness. <laughs> good job getting. Good luck getting through uh, the security with the medal still on. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> I do tend to refuse to take that off for a good while after. So. <laughs> I know, I know. I haven't actually seen what this one looks like. I saw last year's. Yeah, I don't um, think they've. I don't think they've posted it yet. I keep looking, but yeah. it's maybe because last year's was. It looked like a dog tag. Oh dear! I have from memory, <laughs> anyway. My brother's got it in his in his office, and I, I was looking at it when I was in last fairly recently. It's a nice medal, but it does look like a dog tag. So f- hopefully, they've got something pretty for us. Yeah. I feel like a pretty medal, but uh, no, um, that's been great. It's been it's been fantastic to kind of learn a little bit more about how your training's been going um but hopefully come next episode um we will we will be rejoicing on personal records uh, and we'll be finding out exactly how it all went how a play-by-play yeah Um, but yes i'm excited to get back on and talk all things <laughs> Amsterdam Marathon. I mean, hopefully next episode, I won't be so tired. Um, <laughs> I, a lot of my projects will be gone by that point. And uh, yeah, the next few days are very, very hectic for me as well, getting as much of the podcast recorded as possible. So yeah. you know, you'll it, thank your future self will thank you for doing all this now. <laughs> yes, I hope so. <laughs> if not, I'm going to sack him and we'll get another Steve to take over from me. Yeah. 
Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining me today, Rich. Um, I haven't mentioned any dates of when this is coming. I haven't told anyone, but I think I think uh, you've probably figured out it's coming out on Friday the 13th for ourselves. So I'm lucky for some, but it'll be lucky for us. Lucky for us. Thanks for having me on, Steve. It's been great. It's been fantastic speaking to you. And uh, yeah, as I say, best of luck. And we will hopefully see you there. But if not, we'll, we'll catch you in the next episode. Catch you later, Steve. I think having now listened back to the recording, as much as I love it, and it was fantastic to get Rachel's thoughts and feelings about how training's been going and everything on the run-up to Amsterdam. Come episode three, I will be letting her do as much of the talking as possible as I maybe talked a little bit too much in that one. Call it the excitement of the marathon looming so close and having someone else that is familiar on your Instagram feed maybe leading me a little bit too much there. But no, come episode three, when we digest how the event goes uh, and everything associated with it, I will be letting Rach do as much of the talking as possible. Even with Rachel having picked up a slight calf niggle in recent weeks, like I said before the recording played, I think she's going to do phenomenally well. Having followed her feed for the past few months and weeks, she has been putting in a massive amount of effort. And uh, yeah, I truly believe that she's going to come away with a positive result, one that she is going to be more than happy with. For me, I am simultaneously so excited and ready to go, but I am also very nervous, probably more so than I have been on any other marathon so far. I don't know whether that's because it's my first international and I've got travel to worry about. And as I mentioned in the interview, the accommodation, albeit the accommodation does have a guaranteed uh, security on the booking because I haven't paid for it. There's no payment transaction. So in my head, it's not as secure as it could be. There's loads of factors that are leading my current feeling. But I'm, yeah, I'm happy. I feel my training has gone really well. I've also had a lot of chat from people at the Baxter's 10K and from the social uh, outing at the weekend there are a lot of people believing in me that I'm going to achieve uh, like incredibly insane time when it comes to my my thoughts and beliefs about myself. And even speaking to people in Instagram DMs, there's a lot of confidence and belief in my ability. But I've not really known for my self-belief, my own self-belief. But come race day, I'm sure I will center myself and I'll just go with the flow. I signed up to Amsterdam with the target goal of four hours and 11 minutes, as I mentioned again in the chat with Rachel. But yeah, there's a lot of people think I can go a lot faster. Uh, I have a, a little bit of belief that I can go faster, but I don't know. I won't know until the start line, until I get going, how I'm feeling, until I've, I've really got into a stride that I'm happy with. There are a few times and a few pacers that I might stick with, but I'm not going to mention any times or any other targets. Kind of like with Ryan Miller's um, Edinburgh Marathon, it's good to have an A goal, a B goal and a C goal, but come what may, I will be happy nonetheless. Whatever, whatever happens, I'll be happy, especially if I can beat my personal best. But if I don't, I don't. We'll just have to wait and see what the day brings. Weather-wise, I think myself and Rachel may be bringing a little bit of Scotland with us. The forecast isn't looking entirely positive at the minute. Things could change, but with a little bit warmer temperatures, um, but with passing showers, rain showers, yeah, it, it could be an all too familiar territory for us running there. 
the most positive thing that I have going into Amsterdam is how close my hotel is to the start line. It's approximately 15 minutes, 20 minutes walk to the Olympic Stadium. So that's going to alleviate a lot of my stress. Once I've got to the expo, picked up my number on Saturday, um, which is going to be an extra special day anyway, because one of my Dutch friends is making the drive north to the uh, capital, to Amsterdam, to see me because it is in fact my birthday. So tomorrow is my birthday. So it's going to be extra special. I'm going to have to behave as much as possible, focus on my nutrition, my hydration, final carb loading before the race this Sunday. Uh, I can celebrate afterwards. I mean, that's that's the one given there. But uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest positive thing for me is how close I am to the start and finish line. So I don't have to worry necessarily about negotiating traffic or transport. It's a, a quick walk and I'll be doing that tester when we go to the expo. The expo is at the same venue. No matter what happens, however, you will hear all about it in next week's episode. Keep an eye out on socials. However, if you do want to track me with the Amsterdam Marathon Tracker app and for Rachel, for that matter, keep an eye on our stories. We will be announcing our race numbers once again so you can track us, see how we're getting on and cheer us from the comfort of your own home. One final thing to mention before I call it for this episode, and that's a reference that I made earlier in the episode, especially to my weekend in Edinburgh, and that would be the launch of the Cult Running Community. Cult is a redefinition of the original Who Dropped the Dibber team. As a group, we decided that we would open up to the wider community to allow others to join us on social runs, but also from a distance as well, and just have others to touch base with and get to know a little bit better. We have created a new Halo group, aside from the Who Dropped the Dibber one, which needed cleansed with fire. I'll leave it at that. But yeah, the new page is ready. People are joining. It's fantastic to see it already in use. We've got members from the EH3 milers joining us. We have people from Saudi Arabia. We have people from America. And yeah, they might not be able to join us for social runs, but it is great to have extra people from around the world joining a running community. If this is something that you might be interested in getting involved then let me know in the DMs. You can also get in contact with any of the group's main players. Elodie runs curls and chocolate buns, Geese Fowler, uh, Uncle Lee, Positive Lassie, Karen, etc. Any of the main dibbers from before. Get in contact with them or myself and we will drop you a link to get involved. A little content warning, it can get rowdy. We can cover some interesting topics in the chat. Uh, It's all done in good fun. So if you think that you might fit in, yeah, let us know and we will welcome you in with open arms. Otherwise, that's it for me this week. As always, if you want to get in contact, you can do so by dropping the podcast a DM at point99podcast on Instagram or on Facebook at The Point 99 Podcast. You can also DM me directly at Mr. Underscore Steve Underscore Runs. Email-wise, you can contact the show at thepoint99podcast at gmail.com or through our website with the contact form, and that is www.thepoint99podcast.com. I always appreciate all the shares and the comments, the reviews on the podcast listening platforms of choice and the ratings. It does so much to help get the podcast out there to the rest of the running community. And that is that for another episode. As I say, join me once again next week as I will be talking to Rach ran a marathon, Rachel Spears, and finding out how the Amsterdam marathon went for her. 
Until then, however, I hope you stay safe, enjoy your runs, and you'll hear from me soon.